We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome one more time. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Welcome to this great service, and I pray that you will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit in this service in the name of Jesus. I salute you for being in service today. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Praise God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to thank you for being in here, our Gateway Chapel Online Church. You have everything you need to build yourself spiritually, and this is your online spiritual home, and I am your online pastor. You have access to me anywhere as long as you have an internet connection. I can easily be there for you. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Now, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice who is in church today to hear your word. I ask, oh God, that you make my tongue like that of a ready writer. Let your word come with precision. Let it come with power. Let it come with accuracy. And let it mix with faith in the heart of everyone who hears it today in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And you say amen and put that amen on the chat box right now. The Lord bless you as you do. Now, today, I am going to continue in my series on how to deal with faith failure. How to deal with faith failure, right? And uh, we defined faith failure last week, and I want you to go back and listen to that message, part one, all over again. Now, today, I want to talk about how, what happens when you have faith. What happens when you have faith? Now, we saw the children of Israel. Last, last week, we talked about them in Numbers 13. We saw them, they believed God. They were believing God to move from Egypt to Canaan. God gave them a promise, gave them a word. And God did all these mighty acts and mighty deeds. The Bible says that with a strong hand, he led them out of Egypt. And we saw how they camped by the edge of Canaan and how Pastor Moses chose 12 men to 12 men to go in and spy out the land. And I told you what spying out the land means. It means going in to bring a testimony. It means going in to bring a reference point, proof of concept of what God has in store for them on the other side of Canaan. And guess what? Right there, my friend, their faith failed. Ten spies came back to say, hey, we are not able to take the land. And only two people, only two people, Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, they, were, they said, look, you know what? God has said it. We receive it. Let's go in at once. Faith failure. Praise the Lord. And so I want to look at what happens when you have faith. And, and, and I mentioned last week that I'm really, I really want to challenge you in the area of your faith. I want you to grow your faith. Faith is like a muscle. God wants to live by faith. We are called, we are, we are saved by faith and we are saved by grace. So I want you to come out of your comfort zone. That's my intention this month. I want you to come out of that comfort zone. Go for the things that God has promised you. So because you know what? We cannot grow in comfort. 
We don't grow in comfort. And I always say, be mindful, your comfort will can turn into a prison cell for you. Growth is often uncomfortable, but the result of growth is blessing, maturity, and answered prayers. Growth is often uncomfortable, but I'm telling you that, but when you grow, when you grow, I'm telling you, great things happen. And so I really want to challenge your faith this, this month. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, Romans 1 verse 17 says, for, it, for, in, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And I love the way the New Living Translation put it. The New Living Translation says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. And so faith is very important. Now let's also look at Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God. Now, that's enough reason right there for you and I to grow our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God wants to reward you for earnestly seeking him. God wants to reward you for earnestly seeking him. If you believe that, the, the, if you believe that, I, I'm telling you that, you need to believe that, that the Bible says you must live by faith. Praise the Lord. Now, let me take a few minutes to uh, uh, tell you what faith is not. All right? What faith is not? Four things. Four things that faith is not. One, faith is not a desire. Faith is not desire. Faith is not desire. You can wish for something. You can hope for something. You can pray for something. You can sincerely desire it and crave it. But it doesn't mean it is faith. Praise the Lord. Faith is not desire. Desire may lead you to faith, but desire itself is not faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number two, faith is not pretending that something is true when it is not. Faith is not pretending that something is true when it is not. I remember many years ago, <laughs> I, was a, I was a young, uh, I was a student, and I went for an interview. And then they asked me, I said, uh, as a young adult then, this was, I was young, I think I was in my, um, uh, I was in my early 20s back then, or I think it was just barely above teenage years, and I went for this um, uh, uh, school interview. And then they asked me, what is the capital of, uh, of Japan? And I wrote Oslo. And I remember my mom drove me to that interview, and they asked, so what is the capital of Japan? I wrote Oslo. And when I was coming back, I was praying, oh God, please, oh Lord, please, let, let the capital of Japan be Oslo. <laughs> and you know that the capital of Japan is not Oslo. That's not faith. Faith is not pretending that something is true. I remember my mom asked me, so ah, how did you do at this interview? I said, mom, I said I killed it. I smashed it. And I was secretly wishing that God would change, would change the capital of Japan to Oslo. Faith is not psyching yourself up and pretending that something is true when it is not. Number three, faith is not a feeling. 
Faith is not a feeling. That's really important. It's in fact, you need to understand that feelings sometimes get in the way of your faith. Feelings sometimes get in the way of your faith. Faith and feelings are in opposite direction. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. A lot of times faith says, I'm going east, and your feeling says, I'm going west. Faith is not a feeling. Number four, faith is not bargaining with God. You know, sometimes, especially when it comes towards the end of the year, you sometimes see people say, well, oh, Lord, if you don't do this before the end of this year, what are you going to do? You cannot threaten God. Now, there's a place for making a vow, like Hannah. Lord, if you give me this, I will give you that. So there's a place for vows. But faith is not bargaining with God. God is not, the, your God is not a genie in the box. No. No. Praise the Lord. Lord, if you do this, I will do that. Yes. That can be a vow. But you cannot bargain. You cannot give God an ultimatum. You cannot say, well, Lord, uh, because you didn't do this, I won't do that. Or if you do this, I'm going to do that. No, no, no. Faith is not bargaining with God. So what is faith in order to help you? Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Faith is seeing things from God's point of view. Listen very carefully. There's, There's so much God wants to do with your life. You've got to see your life from God's point of view. Faith is seen. Faith faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith is seen from God's point of view. Faith is a way of looking at the world. Faith is a way of looking at your circumstances. Faith is a way of looking at your situation from God's point of view. Hebrews 11 chapter, Hebrews 11 1, New Living Translation says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. New Living Translation, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is is being certain of things we do not see. It has to do with the way you see. Faith has to do with your vision, your vision, the way you see things. I always say this, all that you see, all you see is not all there is. All you see is not all there is. There is more than your eyes can see. Praise the Lord. Faith is learning to see things from God's point of view. Faith is having God's vision of that particular situation or circumstance or challenge. Faith, it's having God's vision. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says, again, Living Bible says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see, so that you can see, so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. I want you to realize that God has made rich. God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been made rich have been given to him. Hallelujah. You know, we always hear that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? It means that there is an unseen world. There is a world. It means that basically it means that 
all there, all you see is not all there is. So you're asking the Holy Spirit to open the eye, open the eyes of your heart on your understanding, your perception to see your situation from God's point of view. There's so much God wants to do with your life. There's so much. There's so much ground to take, my friend. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 12 to 16. The Bible says, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Verse 13. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he's in Dothan. Verse 14. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Verse 16, very important. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I pray for you at this hour. Concerning your challenge, concerning the things that make your heart quiver, concerning your worry and your anxiety, I pray that my God... Open your eyes so you can see. I pray that God will open your eyes so you can see God's plan for you, God's purpose for you. I pray that God will open your eyes so you can see what he's, what he's going to do with this challenge, what he's going to do with what you call a problem right now. I pray that God will open your eyes that you may see. Praise the Lord. If we don't see with the eyes of faith, we will see with the eyes of fear. If we do not see with the eyes of faith, we will most certainly see with the eyes of fear. If we don't see from God's point of view, you will see from the devil's point of view. Either way, you will see. If you don't see, if you don't see from God's point of view, you will see from the devil's point of view. If you don't see with the eyes of faith, you will see with the eyes, you will see with the eyes of fear. Either way, you will see. And so we know in Numbers 13, like we read last week, our text, Numbers 13, the, the children of Israel, they saw from the eyes of fear. They, would, they were not seeing the they were not seeing the pro, they were not seeing the promised land with the eyes of faith. Despite everything that God has done for them, they couldn't see with the eyes of of faith. Praise the Lord. They were seen with the eyes of fear. Five things happen when you see with the eyes of fear. Five things happen when you see with the eyes of fear. Number one, you exaggerate your difficulties. You exaggerate your difficulties. They exaggerated their difficulties. After all that God has done in their life, after, after all, after what they saw, what they saw God did with the Egyptians in the Red Sea, documented. 
After seeing God lead them by the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of, and the, and the pillar of cloud by day. After all that, they still got scared. After God took out an entire army, an entire army of, of, of Egypt, right before them, right? After all that, they were scared of some local chiefs somewhere. So they brought negative reports and said, we are not able. We are not able. You know, majority report is always negative. Anyone who is going to do something great has to go against majority report. So they were scared. Only two people came. They exaggerated their problem, exaggerated their difficulty. Oh, we are not able to. We're not able. Oh, this place is full of giants. Oh, they were just, they, we were like grasshoppers. They were, we were like grasshoppers in their own eyes. They would bite us, chew us, and spit us out. <laughs> now, now, when you see with the eyes of faith, you, 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 you exaggerate and magnify your, your challenges. Praise the Lord. Number two, when you, see, sorry, when you see with the eyes of fear, you exaggerate your difficulties. Number two, when you see with the eyes of, of, of fear, you underestimate your own abilities. You, you underestimate your ability and you underestimate your God. And so they exaggerated the problem and then they underestimated their own ability. Numbers, 13 verse 13, Numbers 33 verse 13, it said, we seemed like grasshopper in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. So, so they felt small. You have given testimonies before and you have heard testimonies before. But when you see your problem with the eyes of fear, you will always underestimate your own spiritual abilities. And to, and, and to live by faith is a spiritual ability that you already have. If not, how else? You are born again and spirit-filled. And so they projected this fear. When you see with the eyes of fear, you will always project, you will always underestimate yourself, you will always overrate the problem. And sometimes you see wives, they project their fear on their husbands. Husband cannot move forward because wife is afraid. When it comes to making, for, for, when it comes to taking ground, sometimes, vice versa, sometimes husbands can, you know what, <laughs> husbands can project their fear on their wives. Wives can project their fears on their husbands. Parents can project their fears on their children. Praise the Lord. They underestimated themselves. And so, and so, mind you, they had already spent close to 40 years in the wilderness. 400 years with Pharaoh. 40 years in the wilderness. Now they were on the, on the, they were on the, on the verge of Canaan. And they couldn't go in. Couldn't get in. They were still enslaved in their mind. They made their problem bigger than it really is. And then they underestimated themselves. 
They were, they were enslaved by Pharaoh, but now they were being enslaved by their own, by their own self, by their own comfort zone. Number three, when we see with the eyes of fear, we get discouraged. We get discouraged. We overestimate their problem. We underestimate our own ability, and then we get discouraged. He said, we, we are like insects. We're like grasshoppers. They were discouraged. Numbers 14 verse 1 says, Then all the people began weeping aloud, and they carried on all night. Numbers 14 verse 1. Praise the Lord. They began weeping. Cried aloud. They cried all night. They said, let us, select, let us choose us a man who want to go back to Egypt. Want to go back to Egypt? They were so discouraged. When you see things with the lenses of fear, you, make the, you magnify their problem, you, you minimize your ability, and then you get discouraged. Number four, we start to gripe about all our lives. Look at Numbers, Numbers 14, verse 2. It says, all night, it's like complaining, whinging, whining, all. Whinge and whinge and whinge. There was discontent, discouragement. They felt insecure. They were dominated by fear. Dominated by anxiety. Dominated by... Now, you know one funny thing? You know, we've, in, 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 all over the world, people have been living in fear for the past 16 months. I can, can, I can tell you this. Even if, even if, you know, because we are not switches. Even if they find a cure, everything done for coronavirus, but it will take a long time for people to even come out. To go about their daily routines. So it was, they were dominated by their fear. And that takes me to the fifth point. Eventually, number five, you will always give up and blame God. Numbers 14, verse 13. It says, Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. <laughs> let us select. So by, they, and right there, they were giving up on God. Listen to, very, to me very carefully. God wants to do so much with you and through you. I pray that the grace to shatter the lenses of fear, let that grace rest upon you and your household in the name of Jesus. What fear does? Fear, fear is like a chain. It binds. Fear can lock you up. A lot of people are stuck in their comfort zones because of fear. Fear is 
safe slavery. Comfort zone is safe slavery. Your comfort zone is safe slavery. Pray more, my friend. You won't die. Believe God for more, my friend. You won't die. Challenge, challenge your level. You won't die. Fast some more, my friend. You will not die. Trust me. Read more of your Bible. You won't die. Save more. You won't die. Give more. You won't die. It won't kill you. It won't kill you. Take new ground, my friend. It won't kill you. It won't. It won't. I asked you a question last week. What will you do for the sake of the kingdom that will make God keep you alive in the next one year? The question of purpose. Take new ground. Comfort zone is safe slavery. Ask yourself, is this the best you can possibly be? Is this the best of you as a Christian? Is this the best of you as a believer? Safety and freedom, they are, at, they are on opposite ends of the continuum. God has called you to take steps of faith, to take, to, to take certain spiritual risks. It's called faith. To believe him for more. To challenge yourself for growth. To challenge yourself in the area of your spirituality. To challenge yourself in the area of your development. To challenge yourself in the area of your relationship with God. And to do that, you have to, start see, you have to stop seeing with the eyes of fear. You have to see with the eyes of faith. Faith is seeing with God's eyes. Seeing with God's, from God's perspective. So, let me share with you uh, six things you get to benefit, what it does to you when you see with the eyes of faith. Number one, faith sh shrinks your problems. Faith shrinks your problems. Faith gives you a new perspective. When you see your problem from God's point of view, everything changes. If you have a big God, problems get small. If you think your God is incapable, then problems get bigger. If you think you have a big God, your problem gets small. But if you think your God is small and incapable of helping and solving your problems, your problems get bigger. And so when you come to God, you've got to come to God and believe that he's a big God, he's a great God, and he loves you. Faith shrinks your problem. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is obviously no. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. And Luke 1:37, Jesus says, for nothing is impossible with God. Faith shrinks your problem. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Faith opens the door for a miracle. Faith can move mountains. Faith can move your challenge. If you study the Bible very well, you will find that, you find that every time God moves on earth and does a miracle, 
is because somebody has believed him for it. God is waiting for you to believe him for something. I went to say I was with my mentor um, uh, last week. Um, I was with my mentor this week. And then um, he was showing me his um, 4,000-seater auditorium. And he said that one day, when they showed him the property, he said as he stepped into the property and he saw the size of the property, he said he heard the devil's voice saying, say, this is not for you, and this is too big for you. He said instantly, he heard the voice of God say, if you believe me for it, right, I will give it to you. Two voices. He said instantly he responded to God. He said he turned and he said, Lord, if you, I, 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 I believe, I'm believing you for it. Please, give it to me. Today, they occupy a 4,000-seater auditorium. Faith opens the door to miracles. Mark eleven twenty two 22 to 24. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. I have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. What is he saying? He's saying that God can suspend natural processes just for you. God can suspend natural processes just for you. And you've heard my stories several, several times. Many years ago, this was around 2000 and, 2004. The church was barely a year old. I realized, I realized that people were just afraid to go for, our church members were just scared to apply for great jobs. And I wanted the best for them as their pastor. I wanted them to earn great income. I wanted, to be, I, want, I wanted them to prosper and be comfortable as Christians. And then one day, I called them and I said, listen, and I taught them about the favor of God. And I said, if you believe God, it's possible for God to suspend the natural laws of uh, the natural process of interview, right? And then you can get a job without an interview. Now, now they believed God, but they were just scared to apply for those jobs because they didn't know what to say at interviews. Guess what? One day somebody came and said, I really believe what pastor said. I applied for this job and I, and I got a job without an interview. That was the end. That was the beginning, by, by the way. That was the beginning. From then on, today in our ministry, people get high-paying jobs on the back of just a conversation and a chat and no real interview. So what am I saying? I'm saying God can, God, God can suspend natural processes just for you. The law, the law of faith can supersede natural processes. So what is that mountain in your life? What is the mountain that you think that you cannot shift? I am telling you, if you believe God, God can shift that mountain for you. But it starts from you believing God for great things. It starts from you, it starts from you believing God to take new grounds. It starts from you entering into your Canaan. It starts from you believing him for your Canaan. It starts from you. God is in the mountain moving business, but you must not doubt. You must not doubt. Number three, faith moves God to act on your behalf. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, 
according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. So faith moves God to act on your behalf. Faith moves God to act on your behalf. God does, exact, God does exactly what you expect him to do. I believe God for great things. I want God to use me. I want God to use me to impact lives. I want to be a positive influence on it. I want to make a positive influence in the life of so many people. I want God to bless me. I want God to bless you. I want God to bless this ministry. But it says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. So expect God. God moves, faith moves God to act on your behalf. Faith moves God to act on your behalf. I want you to challenge yourself to believe God for more. I want you to challenge yourself to believe God for more. I want you to challenge yourself to believe God for more than you have ever believed him in your life to date. I have believed God for so many great things in my life. But I didn't just start today. Little, little by little, incremental faith. Today, I, can, I don't just believe God for myself, I can also believe God for others as well. Praise the Lord. Number four, faith unlocks all the promises of God. Faith unlocks all the promises of God. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Over 7,000 promises. Learn to memorize the promises of God so you can claim them in your life. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, New Living Translation says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Faith unlocks all the promises of God. Faith unlocks all the promises of God. They are yea and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 Verse 20, what are you believing God for? Claim the promises of God. Meditate upon them. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It says that, it says, you shall meditate upon them day and night. The Bible also says, says that by this you shall have good and great success. 7,000 promises of what God has written down, what God has said, and what God has inspired men to write down for you and I. Faith unlocks all the promises of God. Number five, faith turns God's giving dreams into reality. Faith turns your God-given dreams into reality. So I want to challenge you to dream. I want to challenge you to, 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 to dream, have new dreams in the area of your relationship, in the area of your finances, in the area of your career, in the area of your enterprise, in the area of your spirituality. I want you to dream, dream bigger. The Bible is full of people who, who the Bible is full of people who had God-given dreams. Abraham, Abraham dreamt of, of, of being a father of great nation. Moses dreamt of setting people free. Joseph dreamt of, of helping his family and saving a nation. How about Daniel? How about Paul? How about David? You are the next in Jesus' mighty name. You are the next. In the name of Jesus. And you know what funny thing about all these people? 
They didn't even have the scripture verse that you and I have today. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. His mighty power at work within us. Listen to me, my friend. The mighty power of God is at work within you to do great things, to take new grounds in the area of your spirituality, in the area of your faith, in the area of your children, in the area of your marriage, in the area of your career. His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. I have mixed this scripture Several times, I used to carry around till today, carry around a dream book where I paint and write the things I'm believing God for because I know my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ever ask or imagine. Right? It's a blank, that's a blank check right there given to you by God. What are you going to do with it? Praise the Lord. Number six, faith gives us power to hold on in tough times. Faith gives us power to hold on in tough times. Faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith often takes you through the problem. Faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith often takes you through the problem. Faith doesn't always take away the pain. But faith gives you the ability to handle the pain. Faith doesn't make, make life <laughs> faith does not make light of the situation. It doesn't. Praise the Lord. People of faith are resilient people. They have resiliency. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 and 9, NLT. It says, we are pressed on every side. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but not abandoned by God. We are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. He said we are perplexed. That means that we are confused. We don't know why things are happening. Why is this happening? We can get perplexed, but we don't give up. We can, get, we can be attacked, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we are not knocked out. He says, we get up and we keep going. We get up and we keep going. Where do we get that kind of resilience from? Faith. Seeing your situation from God's perspective. Praise the Lord. Faith shrinks your problems. Faith opens the doors of, for miracles. Faith, faith moves God to act on your behalf. Faith unlocks the, all the promises of God. Faith turns your dreams to reality. And faith gives you the power to hold on in tough times. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And faith is the way by which we come to know God. Hallelujah. Today I pray for you that your faith Fail not. I pray for you that your faith be empowered. As somebody here under the sound of my voice, you are believing God for one particular thing. You know what it is, but you are, you, but you are scared 
to take the next step. I pray that that fear be destroyed today in the name of Jesus. Ah, I hear in my spirit, how can this be? How can this thing be? God has shown you a vision of something. You are asking yourself, this is, how can this thing be? It's not possible. I say receive grace for possibility in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Father, I thank you for everyone here under the sound of my voice. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you strengthen their faith in the name of Jesus. Father, the Bible says, it says, you told Peter that Satan desired to sift you as wheat. He said, but I pray for you that your faith fails not. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that their faith fail not in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You are blessed, my friend. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.